Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. I'd like to begin with a rabbinic story about Rabbi Akiva. This is from uh, the Avot writings, uh, Rabbi Nathan Natan, in chapter 6. It's one of the rabbinic writings, uh, the traditions of our people. What were Akiva's beginnings? It is said, up to the age of 40, he had not yet studied a thing. One time, while standing by the mouth of a well in Lida, he inquired, who hallowed out this stone? And was told, Akiva, haven't you read that water wears away stone? That's from Job chapter 14, verse 19. It was water constantly falling upon it day after day that wore away the stone. At that, Rabbi Akiva asked himself, is my mind harder than this stone? I will go and study at least one section of Torah. He went directly to a schoolhouse, and he, along with his son, began reading from a child's tablet. Rabbi Akiva took hold of one end of the tablet and his son the other end. The teacher wrote down Aleph Bet for them. That's the uh, alphabet, Aleph Bet, right? Uh, And he learned them from Aleph to Tav. And uh, then the book of Leviticus, and he learned all of that. And he went on studying until he had learned the whole Torah. Then he went and sat before Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Joshua My masters, he said, reveal the sense of Mishnah to me. When they told him one halacha, that is one uh, ruling based on the Torah, he went off to reason with himself. This Aleph, he wondered, what was it written for? That Bet, what was it written for? This teaching, what was it uttered for? He kept coming back, kept inquiring of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Joshua until he reduced his teachers to silence. Hmm, interesting. What does this story tell us? What are we going to talk about today? Well, one of my very first sermons that I gave right here at Tikvot Israel was titled, The Process. Uh, and this was in August, the same month of 2012. I believe that was six years ago. Uh, and uh, quite appropriately, when I was looking back on it, I found a lot of drafts of this sermon that I sent to Rabbi David Rudolph, and he would send back to me, and I would send to him, and he would send back to me, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and back and forth we went, processing the sermon about the process. Very appropriate, I thought. And in this sermon, I spoke about the idea that almost all things with the Lord take time. There's some sort of process that we go through. That is, most of the spiritual growth and learning that takes place in our lives from the Lord, it's a slow 
process. Can I get an amen from someone who knows that that's true? Okay. Like the gradual dripping of water on a rock that eventually hallows it out, which shapes us like the slow input of Torah for Rabbi Akiva in the story. I'd like to focus on this topic by sharing not just one, but two anecdotes about Mary Haller, because she's not here to uh, defend herself. All right. So the first one uh, has to do with our community Passover Seder, which uh, sometimes we host it here in the building downstairs. And this particular year, uh, many, this was many years ago, of course, uh, I was on the serving team, right? So we, were, we would go out and serve all the food. And Mary was our fearless leader, and she was explaining how it would all go down. Okay, you got to go out there, you got to explain this, and then we're going to do this course, and etc. Okay, and she got to explaining the serving of the haroset. Does anyone know what haroset is? It's that sweet substance you put on the matzah, sometimes represents uh, the mortar of the bricks when we were in slavery, but that's another story. Okay, so she was explaining about that. Uh, and uh, she naturally had to give an explanation because nowadays we have many people with nut allergies, right? This is true. So uh, should they ask our servers if there's any nuts in the haroset, this is what we were to say. It does not have any nuts in it, but, and she said this very slowly and clearly so we could repeat it to others, It was processed in a processor that used to process nuts. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was all I needed. Because you can't give me a catchy slogan like that and expect me to just let it pass. So right away, I started leading a chant among our team. It was processed in a processor that used to process nuts. It was processed in a processor that used to process nuts. Very good, very good. You know, when I listen to the recordings of the sermons, it's very hard to hear the, what the congregation says if they respond or they laugh. So that's just going to sound like silence, like, uh, like you didn't respond. But let it be known that they did respond. They got it. Okay. Where was I? Okay. So, yes, I was chanting this. I got the whole team going, right? And uh, I, I think I got Mary to smile. Would we, uh, we assume that that's true? Yes. Okay. And uh, or at least that's how I remember it. She was very patient. So why am I sharing this anecdote, you may ask? Well, for one, it contains the title of the sermon in it. So I thought that was appropriate, right? The process. We're all in the process. And secondly, it shows how patient Mary was with me in this situation, right? This was a long time ago. Of course, I was not as mature as I am today. But uh, she was trying to give us important information about serving. And uh, so if Mary, who is merely human, can be patient with my musical outbursts, then how much more is God patient with us, with the long game in mind, with our process? The Lord understands that our growth takes time, and we should be in alignment with his perspective. My second anecdote about Mary is a conversation we had even more years ago. I was even younger, and uh, I was talking to her about my relationship with God, And she said something, it it always stuck with me. 
You see, growing up and going to grade school, I was in magnet programs and things like that. And she said, she said to me, David, there's no gifted program. There's no fast track for growing in the Lord. And this was one area I knew that I would have to humble myself. I would have to ask for God to lead me, which is our process together. Another area I found out later I was not, not naturally good at was being a husband. You know, the whole dying to self and loving her as the Messiah loves his community thing, it's not as easy as, you know, making up things to chant. Yeah, it's, it's a little more, it's a little harder. So it was another opportunity for me to humble myself and allow God to lead the process. In this week's Parsha, I found a very interesting verse that really stuck out to me as I was reading. In Deuteronomy 7, verse 22, Moshe, that is Moses, is speaking to the Israelites about how they're going to go into the land. Uh, And he's giving them some advice because he's not going in with them. So he says this, Adonai, your God, will expel those nations ahead of you little by little. You can't put an end to them all at once, or the wild animals will become too numerous for you. Isn't that interesting? Now, so these other nations, uh, they are um, doing evil things, and they're worshiping idols, and, uh, and Israel was not to take after them, not to be like them. But Moses is saying they won't be able to take over the land all at once. In other words, it's a what? It's a process, right? He says little by little. In Hebrew, it's me'at, me'at. Let's try that. Me'at, me'at. What does that mean? Little by little. Poco a poco, right? What is the reason for this? Well, the other nations, they kind of took care of those wild animals, right? And they subdued them in the promised land. So if we were to take over the whole land at once that we would be overwhelmed by these wild animals. It's, uh, it's like that famous quote, the purpose of time is so that everything doesn't happen all at once, right? Again, it's a process. We, in modern-day America, we expect immediate results, right? What do the magazines tell us? Lose 50 pounds in 10 days and eat as much as you want, right? Right? Shop online with... Next day shipping. No, same day shipping. No, wait, instantaneous shipping by drone right to your couch. You don't even have to get up. Just make sure that your windows are. When things don't happen at the time we expect, what happens? Sometimes we get discouraged. And that is the point of Deuteronomy. I think of it as Moses' final sermon to remind them of God's faithfulness. Moses is no longer with them, but God is always with them. Moses, he can't go out there with them, but he can do what? He can encourage them. To be honest, kind of reminds me of one of those halftime speeches you'd see in a movie. You know what I'm talking about? Like from the coach, and he's in the locker room, and the players are all discouraged, and then there's Moses. So... I thought I would give you, this is my paraphrase of the entire Parsha from the out-of-print, old-timey, movie, halftime speech from the coach version of the Bible. Are you ready for this? All right. 
Now, listen up, men. When you get in there to the Promised Land Stadium, you need to keep listening to the Torah. These are your plays from the coach with a big C. I tell you what, boys, the Lord is going to bless your socks off. But when you get in there, don't you worry about those other nations. And don't go falling after those other gods, see? They might seem big, they might seem tough, but you've got to remember that the Lord did for you what he did when he brought you out of Egypt, see? So don't be afraid of them, because Adonai is with you. Now, you're not going to do it all at once, boys, but you're going to take over that Land. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not within the fiscal year, but little by little, poco a poco, inch by inch, cubit by cubit, you're going to take over that land, see? The good land that the Lord has promised us. Just make sure you burn up those idols and those carved images. Don't be tempted by those foreign mascots, gentlemen. And above all, just remember those commandments of the Torah, see? That's your playbook. Remember, you were in the desert for those 40 years, and he humbled you, and you had to rely on God. But your food didn't run out, did it? No, your water didn't run out, did it? No, your uniforms didn't run out those 40 years, because God's going to bring you into a good land of olive oil and figs and honey and athletic trophies, you see? But when God has blessed you and brought you into lots of sheep and lots of touchdowns, I'm mixing the metaphors here, um, but uh, you get it, right? Don't forget, it was God who brought you out of Egypt through the desert. And don't you start to think, oh, my own power and my own strength have gotten me this victory. Oh, no. It was the Lord. Listen up, Israel. You're going to cross over that Jordan today and dispossess nations that are bigger, nations that are stronger, and have better mascots than you. From great cities built up to the sky, big, strong, strapping guys like the New York... An Akeem. So you just remember that God is going to help you drive them out. You're going to go, go, go. Now, some say you're a stiff-necked people, which normally in football is a good thing. But when I say it, I mean you're stubborn. I mean you're forgetful. And remember, I went up to the mountain to get all those hand-drawn plays from God. And I came down to you, and you were worshiping that golden cow, the mascot of the other team. And I was so upset... I burned our 10 best plays. <laughs> Remember, at the beginning of the season, most of you thought none of us had a chance. And we would never win a single game, except for Joshua and Caleb. But most of you were all discouraged. And that's how we got in the pickle that we're in right now. Gentlemen, remember, you belong to Adonai, see? Remember, God even redrew those winning plans for you. So I'm telling you today, because I can't go out there with you, much as I'd like to, boys, respect Adonai, remember his commands, remember he's a God of justice, he loves the widow and the orphan and the foreigner, so you should too. So I want you to go out there and win one for the Gipper, I mean the Kipper, that's Yom Kipper, see the Day of Atonement, because God has atoned for your golden calf incident and your previous mistakes. Godspeed, men, and may the Torah be with you. So, so <laughs> I got into that. So, so, uh, so what do we notice here about the process? We notice that Moses, he, first of all, he repeats himself a lot, doesn't he? But he repeats on the things that are important. This is because learning is a process, and it takes 
time. And it takes repetition for us to learn things, to get it into our brains and into our hearts. It takes time and repetition. We also notice that the main part of this process, what is the heart of it? It's obedience and trusting God, which could be summed up in the word allegiance, right? Following God, hearing his commands, building that relationship, it's a process because it's a relationship. And we know relationships take what? Take time. That's right. As I mentioned in last week's sermon, we're now in the period of consolation, otherwise known as comfort. Yes, you're with me. Our haftarah portions from the writings and the prophets are all about comfort. From the day of mourning, Tish B'Av, until Rosh Hashanah, they all come from the last part of Isaiah. And uh, this section of Scripture also introduces um, the idea of God's servant, who is represented by Israel as a whole, and also by a future king, the Messiah. So um, Isaiah, is um, he's giving a lot of uh, encouragement and restoration, very similar to what Moses was doing. And then he switches in the Parsha, the Haftarah Parsha, um, and he talks in first person as the servant of God for a moment. And this is from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 7. Adonai Elohim has given me the ability to speak as a man well taught, so that I, with my words, know how to sustain the weary. Each morning he awakens my ear to hear like those who are taught. Adonai Elohim has opened my ear, and I neither rebelled nor turned away. I offered my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. For Adonai Elohim will help. This is why no insult can wound me. This is why I've set my face like flint, knowing I will not be put to shame. We should be getting an image of a person here. Right? Okay. This is an acknowledgement, right, about the process. The process is challenging, right? That's what makes it a process. And even in the midst of restoration and redemption, there is often suffering and there's difficulty and there's challenge. But it also points us to the servant king, Yeshua the Messiah, who endured suffering for us. Not only on our behalf, but also as an example of someone who is trusting and submitting their process perfectly and completely to the Father. So, we have seen that our relationship with God is a process of trusting and endurance over time. Maybe this is a season for you where you feel like you are stuck in a sense, or you're not where you are quote-unquote, supposed to be. Maybe you're in, uh, in the middle of a process, and that could be uncomfortable or painful. And if that's true, just imagine your old coach, Moses, exhorting you to trust the Lord and see it through and listen to God. Even better, you can imagine your eternal coach, Yeshua the Messiah, who's like Moses, a prophet like Moses, but better because he lives to intercede for us and to really coach us in real time. That's pretty cool. 
The redemption of all things has not happened yet. We know that someday the knowledge of God will fill the earth and every tear will be wiped from the eyes and death will be swallowed up. But if you look around you, we see that this is not the case now. It is a future which we long for and which we press towards. Let us, as a community, press in toward trusting God through whatever process he has us in right now. And let us look to Yeshua as our example. Remember, he set his face like flint, just as Isaiah predicted. And he suffered even unto death on our behalf. And he was raised up, resurrected, to make us right with God. Let us be encouraged, and let us encourage one another, knowing that Yeshua is the servant king who will one day bring all things under his dominion. And the kingdom of God will be over all the earth. Amen? Okay, let's pray.